0: welcome back to the silver screen roll podcast i'm your host sabrina merchant and this is i love basketball i am joined today by the editor-in-chief of silver screen roll harrison fagan Harrison, what's up?
1: Uh, Not too much. Just got done with a somehow busy day of Lakers coverage. I thought that we had at least one more day before things really started to kick back into gear again. But, you know, there was some like notable stuff at practice to talk about. And um, yeah, it's been like, you know, uh, things are finally kicking back into gear somewhat mercifully after like a really, really like even way more quiet than I expected all star break.
0: It's funny. Um, I'm aware that the NBA has games today, but because the Lakers don't start till tomorrow, like I have made no attempt to watch them because it doesn't seem to register to me that the, the league is still in season.
1: Yeah, I heard Charlotte was playing, and I was like, "Well, that's a compelling argument to not watch." Though,
0: so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, although apparently the Hawks just beat the Heat, so you know, fun times.
1: So, everybody, some people are still on the All Star break a little bit. Some people are good.
0: still on the All Star break. I haven't gotten a chance to watch Iguadala yet with Miami. I wonder what he looks like. Uh, if you can tell that he's been playing golf for the last six months.
1: <laughs> I would imagine that that's probably obvious. Like if you do watch an entire game, although like nobody's really tweeted that he looks washed. So he's got to at least be looking all right. Or just no one's watching the heat. So, Or could just be, no would. one's
0: watching the heat. That's yeah. quite possibly it. But you did mention that we have some Laker related news today. So we should probably get into that pretty quickly. Um, DeMarcus Cousins was on the All the Smoke podcast, is, is that correct?
1: Yes, that is correct. With Steven Jackson and Matt
0: that. Barnes? Yes, yeah. okay. And on that, yeah, he kind of gave an indication that he, I don't know, maybe could play this season, if I'm interpreting that correctly.
1: Yeah, it was interesting because I saw a couple tweets that seemed to paraphrase him as that. That wasn't really what I took from actually watching it. Like It was more he was talking about how he would fit in if he were Mm -hmm. to suit up. Like, I don't want to take it to the next step of him, like, guaranteeing that he's going to play because it didn't seem to me like that's what he was saying. But he did talk about, like, his fit with the team. And I I thought that it was notable that he went kind of as far as he did in just, like, talking about his specific fit, getting excited about playing with LeBron. And he did sound like a guy that at the very least has not ruled out playing again this year.
0: Right. And I I don't think I'm alone in the fact that I fully expected Demarcus Cousins to sit out this season. Um, he's suffered three pretty dramatic injuries to the same leg um you know, dating from January 2018 through July of 2019 or was it August that he suffered the torn ACL? Yeah
1: um, it was August when he it was August when he suffered the torn ACL that right. I do remember. yeah.
0: so over the course of like 18 months he had the Achilles injury, he had the quad injury that he had during the playoffs and then the torn ACL. It seems to me that he's just gonna have to you know strip down like everything in that leg and just fully commit to rehab for a longer period of time than you know seven or eight months that we've been through so far. Yeah uh, I, that's... Know that the, I know that the Lakers kept him on the roster because everybody really likes him. you know obviously Rondo, Anthony Davis, like that relationship dates back to New Orleans, but I mean I, I thought it was pretty clear that he was just there to sit on the bench and like have a good time with the team.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, every time Frank's been asked about it, for the most part, he's continued to say, like, we aren't ruling him out, like, there's a chance, and stuff like that, and I always wondered how much of that was lip service to make it, you know, all the stuff that you mentioned, the three injuries in the same leg over, you Mm -hmm. know, basically like a two-ish year period, um, like that is significant. And if you're talking about like, oh, he's rehabbing well. Oh, like he might come back this year. Oh, he looks great when we're seeing him in practice, stuff like that. That at least does a favor in terms of treating him right, like and pumping up his value a little bit in the media and making it seem like things aren't quite as bad as they kind of seem to be. If you're just looking at the stats on paper of like how many injuries he's had in that same leg. And Mm -hmm. like, I I think it also goes to the chemistry aspect that you talked about. And like, that's why it was kind of notable to me today when Frank like it wouldn't he was asked about it again because of Demarcus's appearance on this podcast. And it was less like what he said, and it was more the tone of which he said it and what he was responding to. But this was the first time that I've sensed like he was maybe throwing a little bit of cold water on it. like he was talking about how you know the team like like they haven't ruled him out, but he's not close to a return, and that the training staff doesn't even really give him updates on like how close he is to a return and that they're just going to let him know when he's close again. And, you know, you have LeBron talking about, oh, well, we don't want to jeopardize his health. Like, obviously he would help us, but health comes first, stuff like that. And this was, to me, the first time that we've really seen the team push back on this idea that is a little bit kind of wild on its face that he could play again. Like, you know, our own, like uh Dr. Brar, who writes for our site, like has broken this down. And I asked him for a story that I was doing, uh, like to be quoted in, on um, like how long he would expect, you know, given that, you know, he's a doctor and he deals with people rehabbing from stuff like this, it's take for cousins on this. And like, normally there's, you know, like that seven to eight month timeline or whatever, but with something like this, where it's clearly like, it's three injuries in the same leg and it's been going on for a while and they keep rehappening, Like he said, it might take even longer. And like the fact that he, he injured in, the, the Warriors today, just ruled out Clay Thompson for the season with the same injury and Clay sustained it during the finals. DeMarcus, and he doesn't have nearly the leg injury history that uh, DeMarcus has at this point. And Mm -hmm. DeMarcus sustained the injury. Like what, what is it like two months later? And then we're expected to believe he's going to play in the playoffs. Like I know the Warriors aren't going to make the playoffs. So maybe that's the difference there. But to me, just that math does not line up from a common sense perspective of like, okay, this is maybe your last chance to get, some money in free agency or like last chance to sign with a team and not be like on like a non-guaranteed deal or something this summer. I don't think it makes sense to go and risk that, risk re-injury, risk looking bad to just jump in in the playoffs for a team that as of right now doesn't even really need him with how well uh, Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee have played. It just doesn't line up to me for a lot of reasons.
0: Right. And I think you hit on all of the important points there. The fact that the Lakers don't really need a center right now. Um, the fact that he'd have to come back at a very high leverage point in the season for the team when it wouldn't make sense for them to be working in somebody new and it wouldn't make sense for him to just be testing out his leg either in the playoffs you know, or late in the season when there's just not a lot of time to get back in the swing of things. Uh, I mean, the Lakers applied for that disabled player exception back at the early, you know early part of the season when the expectation with that is that the player does not come back before June 15th. Basically, and I the league has
1: to rule that they don't think yeah. that they're going to. Like, league doctors have to say that they don't think that it's likely.
0: Right. And I understand that, like, you do that just in case. And if the player does come back, you know, that's doesn't revoke the, exempt, the exemption or anything. But, like, they clearly don't believe he's going to come back. I don't think he's going to come back. I mean, I remember before he even tore his ACL, uh, just with a calf injury, Wilson Chandler was saying that, like, that was the most debilitating thing he suffered his entire career. And it took him, like, two years to get fully back to that level of strength that he was comfortable with in his leg Um, and to compound that you know with the torn ACL just seems like yeah I get you know the Lakers want to keep DeMarcus Cousins around and it you know probably sucks for him to think that like this is just another lost season but I don't think he can help the Lakers this year and that really should be the only barometer of whether or not he plays again.
1: Yeah, and, like, he also... Well, it's also... I think the other barometer is, like, his health and long-term well-being. Like, you want to be a franchise that looks out for players on that front, even if they may not be back. And, like you Know, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the elephant in the room. Here is he did not look good in the finals, and that was before tearing his ACL, like, right? And so, you could say, you know, you could justify the finals thing as he was just coming back from a calf injury, he'll rehab, but he has not, you know, now he's rehabbing basically both of those things simultaneously. And you would think that would add some extra time just from having to, you know, build up strength in both of those areas. You don't have one to support the other, so that probably mm-hmm. like adds a bit of an adjustment period to it. And the elephant in the room here is that i think like as far as all of this goes like part of it is they want to keep anthony davis happy And how do you keep it? You can keep Anthony Davis a little happier by treating his friend like this and, you know, treating him in kind of like a first class way and not cutting him from the team. And this kind of, I think, all goes back to the Anthony Davis free agency question. Maybe the Lakers want to keep Cousins Bird rights and just re sign him next summer. Like that, that is a thing that I've heard people suggest as a theory. But Mm -hmm. like, how, I don't know how worthwhile that is at this point since we haven't seen him play healthy basketball in quite some time. I, I think the biggest part of this is like, And this is just me theorizing, to be clear. It just, that's what makes the most sense to me is that this is something where they do not want to cut Anthony Davis's really close friend or treat him in any way other than a way that like pumps up his value and makes him feel like part of the team.
0: Yeah. and I mean, we've talked about this, you know, offline before about if the Lakers do end up with a buyout candidate, you know, that we don't think DeMarcus Cousins is going to be the player that they cut to make room on the roster. And it's for those reasons because he's, you know, got those friendships with Anthony Davis and Rajon Rondo for whatever that's worth. And, you know, clearly the the Lakers do have to cater to Anthony Davis because even though it seems like everything's hunky-dory right now, you just never know with free agency, right? Never. So I, I get wanting to appease Davis. I get, you know, wanting to make cousins feel as happy as possible. It's just, I know that there are a lot of, people in like our comments section were saying that like yo know, healthy Demarcus cousins like that could be a game changer I agree I just think we're very long way from getting to a healthy Demarcus cousins
1: yeah exactly that's the thing exactly like it's not cr- crazy to think that a, an actual like even LeBron said it today like Demarcus mm-hmm. Cousins for he he and I, this was unintentional on his part I think but it was a little bit of a Freudian slip he said Demarcus of a couple years ago like man that'd be huge for the team and mm-hmm. it's like okay but A couple years ago is a long time, and there have been like more injuries since we saw that version of Demarcus Cousins. So I think that it's just like it's nothing against, like, it's nothing about him personally. It's just like the health math does not line up here, nor does the risk reward equation, at least in my mind.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I I mean, I don't really have much more to say about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think, I think we kind of covered that at this point.
0: Um, so you, you were saying that it's been a, Surprisingly dead week for news, you know, in terms of the Lakers, uh, which I I kind of agree with too. I mean, I I just always expect, like, even in July and August, we're always working with some material with these guys. And for the last four days, there's been so little that uh, one of the things I did write about for the site was that JaVale McGee um, wrote and produced a song for (laughs) Justin Bieber's new album this week.
1: Yeah, you Uh, hit the biggest news of the week, is what you're saying, basically. I did
0: hit the biggest news of the week. javale has been promoting this for quite some time, I've seen it on his Instagram. Uh, have you listened to the track? Available. I
1: listened to the clip that he posted on Twitter. I have not okay. gone beyond that into the Justin Bieber like uh, album depths.
0: I will say, of the four songs I've listened to on Bieber's album so far, this one is probably my favorite. Um, I may be biased, you know. It's quite possible. Uh, and I did listen to it like three or four times before writing that little news hit. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's I think it's very cool that Chevelle has you know continued to expand his reach into the music industry you know with this I mean whatever you think of Justin Bieber he's he's a star Um, so it's pretty cool right
1: yeah no I think that's cool and I think it goes to like you know we saw it at All-Star Weekend uh, Damian Lillard rapping during the Mm halftime show and like we see the league increasing not that they've like, pushed back, well, I guess, you know, in the David Stern days, like, they pushed back on Allen Iverson, you know, releasing, like, a a rap album, and there were other reasons for that, like, beyond just, like, the fact that he was rapping, but, Mm -hmm. like, I think, um, you know, it it shows a lot of the social progress that the league has made, and a lot of the ways that, like, can you imagine even, like, five, even, I feel like even five years ago, people would have been like oh you're only getting so and so minutes a game like uh, to JaVale. and like oh, like how are you focusing on this shouldn't you be like working on get your get back I, in I the gym know, right yeah <laughs> like, guy hook or something like <laughs> yeah i'm trying to think of what we were yelling at big men to do 5 years ago um, i feel like
0: dame still gets that sometimes on twitter like why are you spending so much time in the studio and he's he's freaking dame willard like how much more does this guy need to work on his game
1: yeah, it's like, I, he, I feel like he's somewhat justified his other pursuits yeah. <laughs> at this point. Like, yeah, he, he's definitely, but like, that's the thing. It's like, you don't hear that as much and you don't hear it from like national platforms. It's like egg accounts, right? That are tweeting at Dame Lillard mm-hmm. to do that. It's not like yeah. serious criticism from people thoughtfully covering the league. And yeah, I agree with you. I think it's really cool that JaVale like can do that. And awesome. also just like. The fact that, like, to think about that he's sitting there on, like, team plane rides or stuff, like, I assume, and, like, he's there, mm-hmm. like, making beats on his laptop, like, for, you know, a Justin Bieber, a Bieber album, like, that's not something that I really ever thought that we would be covering at the site, like, and it shows, you know, I'm sure some of it is his name recognition, that's, like, why he gets those opportunities, but it just shows mm-hmm. that, like, he's really good at this other thing outside of basketball.
0: Right, and I, you know, I think it's very cool, particularly for JaVale, because, He's the guy who's kind of been clowned on a lot during his career, you know, for Deserve It or Not, with the whole Shack and the Fool stuff, and he's yep. kind of got this image of like not being all that serious, but I mean, I think this shows that he's not only serious about his NBA career, he's serious about a lot of things, and he's willing to put in the work and the time, and like, I don't know a lot about music production, but I, I like the song. <laughs> it no, sounds
1: and- good. <laughs> Yeah, and, like, he, it shows, like, that something that I think a lot of us, like, have known for the last several years, that he's a lot more thoughtful than, mm-hmm. his reputa- than his early reputation as, like, a young player in the league would have suggested. Like, this is a guy with, like, multifaceted interests and, you know, that is sort of – I mean, I, I don't want to throw around the term, like, renaissance man, but, like, you know, the <laughs> fact that he's, like, a professional basketball player who can also, like, justify being a professional producer on, like, a major – like studio album is like, like that is pretty cool. And it's also like, that's, that's the Lakers bump, right? Like, yeah, absolutely. That is you get these chances by being a Laker and by being on that national stage. And like, these are probably sometimes like Deals that are being negotiated from these courtside seats when these guys are going up and like, you know, hobnobbing with the celebrities, uh, like sitting courtside and stuff like that. Like, I'm sure that maybe not this one, but like, I'm sure that more than a few of these like entertainment deals and, you know, movie TV appearances, whatever, are just come out of like naturally out of like conversations at Lakers games, which isn't something that you get an opportunity to do a lot of on other teams.
0: Right. And I mean, we see, you know, musicians. Courtside all the time. I think Bieber is kind of like a natural fit here because he's such a big basketball fan. Um, Although I I think his celebrity game performances are highly overrated. Uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think he definitely got the bump from the fan vote in the same way that uh, Caruso (laughs) did.
0: Yeah, that that fan vote is is no joke. Um, But I think you make a good point about you know that Lakers bump that Chavale might be benefiting from because. I, I'm not terribly familiar with how much other NBA teams, you know, interact with pop culture, but the Lakers are all over everything, right? Like movies, music, TV, they're, they're all over the place. And this whole Javel thing kind of got me thinking about all of the times that I've seen Lakers and former Lakers, you know, in pop culture. So I asked you ahead of time and I wanted to talk about some of our favorite Lakers pop culture appearances. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah. And can I just say that thank you so much for asking me ahead of time because I cannot imagine the panic I would have been going through if you had just, like, (laughs) sprung this topic on. Oh, no, no. That would
0: have been terrible. I don't even think I would have been prepared with this idea.
1: (laughs) That would have been hilarious, though, had you done all the research for yourself and then told (laughs) me to name five of them. Just really tested (laughs) my level of, like, of expertise on the team.
0: I don't think it would have voted bode very well for my future you know employment prospects with you as my boss Harrison
1: yeah well I think I'm technically no longer your boss so this could be your coup attempt I'm just saying (laughs) Sabrina (laughs) Kidd
0: oh man uh I just I saw Jason Kidd you know at the all-star game you know like you know hobnobbing with all the guys like when they won on Anthony Davis' free throw and it's like I forget that Jason Kidd is on his coaching staff. It's it's a remarkable thing.
1: Yeah, I'm just very disappointed in the amount. Like, we haven't gotten that many memes of him, like, looking over Frank's shoulder at various mm-hmm. points and whatever. Like, that's been the most disappointing part of the Lakers' success is, yeah. like, ah. not getting to have fun with that. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, you know, putting that to the side for a second. Uh, uh, all right. So, I just figured we'd go, you know, back and forth. Uh, sure. We could start with one.
1: Okay, uh, so my top one is a recent one. And you mm-hmm. actually, I think specifically anticipating that I would just try to go with funny press conference moments, uh, said like it had to be something that was, you know, music, TV, movies, whatever, like something that was actually like outside of the normal basketball realm. So mm-hmm. to me, like, this, I don't, I'm not ranking these in order necessarily. But the first one that came to mind from that perspective was uh Lonzo Ball's diss track about Kyle Kuzma because this was this was not only a laker getting to make music and enter into pop culture that way thus fulfilling the broad definition of the topic that you gave me mm-hmm. but like it was something that entered into the mainstream and started to, at least the team thought was going to affect the team. Like I will never forget where I was when we got the bomb from Ramona Shelburne. And I believe it was co-written with someone else at ESPN, That the <laughs> Lakers had asked, had like told the young guys to tone it down on social media because they were worried essentially that it would affect LeBron coming there and then yep. having the whole stupid narrative for like 4 weeks of LeBron's not going to want to play with these immature kids started by people who apparently have never seen LeBron James's Instagram and how funny <laughs> and like strange it is so like to me that was the first moment that came to mind just because it was it was so weird and it like esca it took this like season long storyline of them dunking on each other in interviews and social media and whatever. Mm -hmm. And finally took it to the point where the Lakers felt like they had to like threaten to turn the car around uh, with the kids.
0: It's funny because uh, the whole, you know, the kids dunking on each other was actually like an original segment on this podcast when Sasha used to host with me. It was like (laughs) our kids corner because it was so much fun. And yeah, I just, I, I'm like you, I, I can't forget the moment when we found out that like, Oh, apparently the Lakers are worried about their image it turns out LeBron didn't want to play with all those stupid kids.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, but it didn't stop him from coming, I think, was the point that many of right, us were right. trying to make during those weeks. And, like, you know, he was jumping in on, like, roasting with them and stuff on Twitter, or at least early on when things were still going well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just as much as, like, basically the rest of them were. It was a little bit right. of, like, strong, like, dad jumping in and trying to do, yeah. like, kind of <laughs> do fellow kids energy, but he was in on it. Like,
0: he was definitely in on it. Um, I'm not familiar with Alonzo's rap career since he joined the Pelicans. Is that a a continuing thing or
1: was you that were just the wrong, <laughs> wait, you, No, You were asking
0: Maybe the wrong I should ask person. Christian.
1: Yeah, you need to ask one of our two either current or former Alonzo Wire employees <laughs> that one. But I, I believe he has continued to rap, yeah.
0: Okay, good for Alonzo. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first thing I thought of, I don't even know if it actually like fits into my discussion of like the rules that I gave you, but... Uh, Nick Young was on an episode of Lip Sync Battle once.
1: Oh my uh, god, I forgot about the thing.
0: Azalea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was very, very into lip sync battle, even as we got like into the later seasons where they ran out of, you know, A-list celebrities who wanted to join. Um, and you get like weird things like Catherine McPhee versus Jason DeRulo. And like Lonzo uh, but...
1: and LeVar Ball, I believe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was I was worried Ball and the Family was gonna make an appearance it, it, we might still happen. But uh, yeah, so Nick Young shows up against Iggy Azalea on Lip Sync Battle, and you'd think, like, I think just because he's Nick Young, like, there was no way he was going to win because it's, you know, fan vote for who gets the belt. But he does this rendition of Maroon 5's Sugar that, like, has stuck with me for the last five years.
1: I need to look this <laughs> up now.
0: <laughs> I cannot explain why it has resonated with me so. I mean, he's definitely not the best NBA player to ever appear on Lip Sync Battle. That would have to be Chris Paul, who freaking killed it when he performed against Snoop Dogg. Um, and, like, it shouldn't surprise me that Chris Paul would take everything he does extremely seriously.
1: But. Yeah, no, I mean, that, yeah, Chris Paul, like, probably watched tape for lip sync <laughs> Like.
0: It was incredible. But, yeah, so Nick Young does this uh, lip sync of Maroon 5 shirt. The crowd hates it for some reason. <laughs> but, like, his words are pretty good. Like, I was, I was more impressed than I thought I would be with his ability to lip sync. He got way more of the lyrics than I thought he would. And, you know, unfortunately he lost. Lost the girl. Didn't lose her to a dolphin, apparently. But,
1: <laughs> yeah, Despite his big fears.
0: Despite his big fears. But yeah, Nick Young on Lip Sync Battle is a top, top five Nick Young moment for me.
1: I, Sabrina, I have to say that there was no part of my mind that anticipated that that was going to be <laughs> like your top slot on here. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know honestly, if I'm going
0: in order. It's just like what I typed out.
1: <laughs> no, just the first one though. That was that. That just caught me off guard. Um, yeah, I I remember this very vaguely now, but I am gonna have to go back and watch it because I am a sucker for like all. Na- I think this is just like the scarred former like content producer that used to have to cover those like horrible Lakers mm-hmm. teams. Like even when they had almost no young prospects of note even playing. And it was like, all right, well, Nick Young's the content. Well today, I guess. And you know, I will I always learned, have an appreciation for Nick Young for that. I
0: learned how to use like gifs in stories because I was writing a Nick Young piece. Cause there was nothing else to write. about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Nick Young, keeping Silver shout out swaggy
0: roll, P uh, yeah.
1: going. Another guy who has definitely, pro- well, I would say helped keep keep uh, Silver Screen and Roll going a little bit more than uh, Nick Young has would be uh, the subject of my number two on this list. Uh, it was LeBron James and assembling mm-hmm. his all-tamper team for Space Jam 2. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I know that this is not a movie that has come out yet, but we already know, like, you know, just given how relevant Space Jam 1 was, like, Space Mm -hmm. Jam 2 is going to be a giant cultural moment. It might even be, like, there have been people that have speculated that that's when we're going to find out, you know, LeBron's next free agency destination, like, in Mm -hmm. the end credits or something like that. Like, there's been a lot of people speculating about that. Basically, since the release date was announced and conveniently timed with right around when his, uh, like, opt-out is with the Lakers. Exactly. So, like, this is going to be a very culturally relevant movie. I feel safe going out on a limb. It already kind of is, just for the sense that, like, he assembled this team of, like, like every. there was all this talk about LeBron's not going to be able to get, uh, you know, like, co-stars. Giannis turned him down, which is disappointing because it would have been really fun to tweet. In
0: 2021, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. About Giannis being in Space Jam in 2021, uh, you know, right before his free agency, right Mm -hmm. before LeBron has his opt-out. And then just, like, the... Imagine if the end credit scene in Space Jam 2 was LeBron and Giannis signing, like, their, like, <laughs> contracts together.
0: Oh, man. Marvel would have nothing on them.
1: That's what I mean. Like, Marvel <laughs> walked so that Space Jam 2 could run. Um, and, uh, yeah, but anyway. So, like, he assembled this cast for this movie. And at the time that it was announced... I believe Clay Thompson was still a free agent, like, had not re signed with the Golden State Warriors. Right. And Damian Lillard, like, it was not clear what was going on. He hadn't signed his Blazers. Supermax
0: yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, like, we were looking at this team, I remember, and Anthony Davis was already agreed to be traded to the Lakers by that right. point. So, like, that made that part of it a little bit less fun. But, but, um, you know, like, the whole, like, Clay thing, and, you know, there was, like, we were all joking about how, like, the Space Jam money was, ba- like, the Space Jam Budget was basically going to be way more than the movie actually made because it was like funneling payments to these players to <laughs> take like to take discounts for the Lakers and whatever. Like that was a fun couple of days on Twitter, and so I will, I will, I already appreciate Space Jam Two for that, and I will always appreciate Space Jam Two for that.
0: It's funny um, when I was trying to think of my own moments, I remembered the scene in Space Jam One where uh, the. The the Lakers are, like, at the Great Western Forum, and they're all wearing, like, those big, like, gas masks because they're afraid of...
1: That's me going into the locker room anytime someone in there has an illness.
0: I always thought Vlade was really good in that moment.
1: Yeah, no, he really stole the movie. Like, I I genuinely considered throwing that in here, but it did not make my list. (laughs) It
0: did not make the cut. All right, so uh, another one on my list was Rick Fox on One Tree Hill.
1: I so, did not know that he appeared on this.
0: He has a he has a minor arc in the fourth season of One Tree Hill, which is really when the show started going bad. Uh, where he <laughs> plays uh, a not 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 a bookie, but he's sort of like a, a fixer, and he gets the main character uh, of the show, Nathan, to uh, point shave in one game, and then he tries to get him to throw in the next game, which happens to be the state championship game. And so so then this one, point
1: shaving in high school, people this are. This point shaving in high school, high school, yes. Wow. Okay. Realistic storyline.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you know places like Indiana, North Carolina, like high school basketball is big deal. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's not not California. Although I could see people betting on Sierra Canyon. I could see it happening.
1: Yeah. No, they're definitely degenerates that. have yeah. been, With all due respect to those degenerates listening to this podcast that have bet on Sierra Canyon.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he tries to get him to throw the state title game. He doesn't, and then like he tries to run over his. Pregnant wife, and then it's a whole big thing. Lord, uh, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot of like supremely adult stuff happening on One Tree Hill for people that are theoretically in high school. But, Yeah, Rick wow. Fox.
1: Okay, yeah. Really no, how I, knew, this I knew cement Rick, for Hollywood. Yeah, I knew Rick Fox was like an accomplished, uh, you know, thespian. Like, but mm-hmm. I did not know about this specific role.
0: Yeah, he shows up like on you know cameos all the time. Like he was on an episode of The Big Bang Theory, uh, an episode of Mom. Uh, he's he's all over the place. But uh, the first time I ever saw Mac was in One Tree Hill, and he's he's menacing. It's a good look.
1: No, like, he, I always thought he was in the little stuff that I have seen him in, that he was a decent actor at the very least. Like, he's clearly somebody that's trained at it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's not one of, like, the the more fun things to go back and rewatch, but it's definitely something I think of when I think of No, I mean,
1: well. just your description of that episode was a lot more wild than I expected it to be. <laughs>
0: I, like, totally I, going on. I didn't even get to like what happens afterwards i don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen this 16 year old episode of one
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes i'm sure that our pot like they're gonna see a random <laughs> download spike and am gonna be like why are people watching these specific episodes and buying them on amazon or whatever and it's all that like that's the silver screen roll podcast right? that's,
0: that's the SSR bump yeah
1: um okay so my my number three is if you follow me on Twitter, if you have ever been in the silver screen roll slack, the second group is probably a lot more limited. But you know that I am a big fan of the Kobe Bryant You're Welcome GIF. Of uh as, is my most used response GIF. And I know that this is not a TV show, but it might as well have been for all of the oh, star that it had. It uh, the Kobe yes, the Kobe System commercials were just like an incredible cinematic achievement. Like just in terms of, you know, they had like ongoing storylines and just like, like, you know, it was him giving this talk, but there were multiple different ones and all kinds of like you had Kanye, Richard Branson, like Mm -hmm. the iconic you're welcome lines and him teaching all of these like successful people how to be even better. Like I, they're probably my favorite athlete advertisements of all time. And uh, so like, even though it's not like a movie or a TV show, like it felt like it to me and it was that influential on the way that i communicate so i gotta i gotta throw in the kobe system commercial
0: yeah i did not think of commercials but that's a good call that's an excellent commercial and you're right you use that all the time
1: yes no literally if i pull up gif like the if i hit the like tweet gif button on twitter like it shows your most used one and it's all that's the one one. yeah makes (laughs) it really uh... easy to find and just use it again so (laughs)
0: um i actually was thinking of another kobe moment Uh, this is like it's just a cameo that he had on Modern Family.
1: Uh, oh, like a, that was hilarious!
0: Yeah, it's at the end of the first season. Um, Phil and Gloria take the kids to go to a Laker game, and they see Kobe like as he's you know coming through the tunnel, and Phil's like yelling out his name, and Kobe asks like, "What can I do for you?" And he's like, uh, "Do you enjoy playing basketball?"
1: <laughs> and then yeah, Kobe he's like, says, "I didn't think you'd actually answer."
0: <laughs> yeah, Kobe says, "A little preparation next time. It's a mental game." And I was like, "That's that's so Kobe." <laughs>
1: Yeah. That was a very on-brand athlete cameo. Like if they're going to have, like I kind of, I hate the ones where they, or, or, you know, I hate, I have a love hate relationship with the ones where they have the mm-hmm. guy come in and like, it's not a player that's known for like wholesome family moments or something. And they come in right. and like teach a valuable lesson to kids or whatever. Like it would have felt dishonest if it was Kobe, like telling them to help the family, like come together or whatever, at least yeah, at that point no. in his career while he was still playing. uh, Like the fact that he got on this heckler, for not heckler yeah. fan you for not normal having anything fan like,
0: who wants to say hi to him
1: <laughs> yeah like not having anything to say was that was incredible yeah
0: I, it I was remember. so so very kobe like uh you know even like a, a fan coming to a basketball game has to be prepared for this possible moment you got to be prepared <laughs> yes. for every possible situation right
1: yeah like, why would you him his name if you weren't ready
0: what would i want to say to a professional athlete if i just randomly ran into them because like i wasn't you know in this business back then it was like that's, that's a very relatable thing, right? Like, what do you say when the guy that you're yelling at finally turns towards you?
1: Hey, that's a relatable thing to me now. Sometimes I don't have questions, and I feel yeah. like I gotta have
0: something, so. Yeah, it's funny. Um, It's a Mental Game was actually the name of my Tumblr back in the day, because I was <laughs> so enamored with that uh, little scene from Kobe on Modern Family.
1: We are getting all kinds of, like, Sabrina, like, high school history, like, uh, like <laughs> uh, Easter eggs throughout this podcast.
0: It's, it's, uh, it's a good topic, you know? <laughs> All right, what's uh What's number four for you, Harrison?
1: Okay, so mine is, uh, it's another athlete cameo. It is the Luke Walton Days of, I believe it was Days of Our Lives soap opera <laughs> cameo that like if this thing would have happened today with like, let's say, I'm trying to think of like a player like it would probably be like Alex Caruso or someone that's mm-hmm. like they aren't like a number one player on the Lakers but they got an acting gig because they were a Laker, They're a Laker and yeah. got brought onto a soap opera to do like a really awkward scene and Luke's acting during this thing is just like it is spectacularly bad <laughs> um like just what like he's like basically might he might for all I know be reading the lines off of like a board like a prompter on the back yeah like holding up off camera like for and just like it's just this weird scene where like guys just walk outside and luke's just playing basketball and it's implied that they always used to be friends it's like very Soap opera-ish, <laughs> like low rent, weird writing, like. But if this thing, like if Alex Caruso or someone like, uh, like some other role player on the Lakers did this today, this thing would be viral for days. We would be talking about it constantly. It was just like right before that type of internet was like available, and it never ceases to crack me up whenever somebody tweets that thing out. It's like a throwback Thursday to when Luke Walton started his acting career or whatever. Like it's it's great. I would encourage all of you to go out and look it up. It is, yeah. It's, it's amazing.
0: All right. Luke Walton's soap opera came here. Do you think it's Days of Our Lives?
1: I believe it's Days of Our Lives, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not familiar with this, but it it does not surprise me that Luke Walton would have had a cameo in a soap opera because he was probably the best looking of the Lakers, uh most like relatable to, you know, you don't just like see him and think like, Oh, you know, NBA athlete. Yeah. Pretty tall, right?
1: I'm sure I'm sure that was a factor he too, was tall. that, you know, he you know, he was pretty good looking, I especially was... back then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, next one I have is such a random one. Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, obviously great actor. Uh, I think Airplane is probably the one people most commonly think of. You know, when you think of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in a cameo, but you know, he's it's on funny you say and- that.
1: I'm sorry. i sorry to cut you off, but you say go that ahead, go ahead. my fiance literally knows him as the guy from Airplane. That's how yeah. <laughs> she worked at Barnes and Noble a couple months ago, and Kareem came and did a book signing. She's like, the "God, the the Laker that was in Airplane is coming to do like a book event." <laughs> Uh, I guess he writes now? And I was like, yep, all right, well, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's where you know him. He probably. does,
0: like, uh, op-eds every so often. They're they're really insightful, I mean. It's, it's yeah,
1: awesome. no, he's a great writer.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, so there's there's this episode of New Girl that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar shows up on. <laughs> and uh, he basically is, like, this uh, co-host on a radio show, but he's, like, a total doofus the whole time. And it's such, like, it's so incongruous to think of, like, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's the captain, like... The, the Laker that really carries the most gravitas when you think about him both on and off the court. And he's just literally this like doofus who is trying to convince one of the main characters not to work at this radio station. Um, and they, they'll play pranks on him and they like mess around with his milkshakes. It's, it's, it's really good.
1: <laughs> I need to look this up. I didn't even know that this was a thing.
0: <laughs> um, and they, I just love seeing Karim abdul in like uh, TV settings because he's, it's impossible for him to be anything but Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? Because he's so tall.
1: Yeah, he um, doesn't have like a versatile like ability to act. as different no, he until can't they camouflage. figure out a way, until they figure out the Samuel L. Jackson like reverse aging technology right. for like reverse height. Like Kareem, Kareem is a little bit going to be a little bit typecast, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it's one thing in the airplane where he like is sitting, so you can't immediately tell how much taller he is. And I guess part of the gag is that, you know, you know, it's from Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. But this one, he literally plays himself with just like a completely ridiculous version of himself. And it's so funny.
1: Yeah, I need to look this up. I I, I share your love of Kareem. I I think he, like, number one, I mean, I think that we all like as an NBA community, like just owe him as like... For being like really the first socially conscious, I think NBA exactly. player like one or I guess Bill Russell, but like one of mm-hmm. the most socially conscious NBA players early on, and definitely the most socially conscious Laker until um, until LeBron James. I think like I don't I don't really think that it's that controversial to say at least amongst stars. Um, and like I also like he's just he's so curmudgeonly, but it's like yeah. it's in a like lovable way, like it's your grandpa, and he's just kind of cranky. So, like, I will always appreciate, like, Kareem for, uh, you know, I I love seeing him on TV,
0: too. Yeah, absolutely. I just love that dichotomy of him being this simultaneously, like, really politically conscious, super well-informed, well-read, well-spoken guy. And then just, like, being so stupid on television.
1: <laughs> hey, you know, he's showing his acting range. Like He's, was, he's
0: like, versatile. Cool. If not, you know, the physical part can't transform. At least he can, you know. In terms of the character.
1: Yeah, he yeah. can act against type. So, like, can act against dream.
0: type. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> all right. So mine, uh, there were a couple nominees here that none of which I felt like incredible about. So I'll give the other two as honorable mentions after you're mm-hmm. done. But the one that I ended up just deciding that it edges out the other two is not really a Laker doing something as far as like cameo and pop culture, but uh-huh. it's someone Because they are the Lakers. Like, this is something that would only happen because it's the Lakers. And because of, like, the size of the brand. And then also, like, sometimes I think playing too into type as far as, like, embracing that we are this big Hollywood monolith. And, like, you know, we can just get celebrities to do things even if it doesn't make sense. The Adam Levine recruiting LaMarcus Aldridge. (laughs) For some reason. Like, I... I really, like, the story I think that I most want to do, like, if I was just given, like, a month to just work on one thing, is I want to do the oral history of, like, how that even happened. Like, did Adam (laughs) Levine call the Lakers and just say, like, we got to get LaMarcus Aldridge. What can I do to make it happen? Like, did they call him? And they're like, well, both you both have names with L's in them. Like we wanna have like did they do research to find out that Lamarcus Aldridge is like a huge Adam Levine fan? fan, Like I just It's so weird. It was, like, the most bizarre thing when it happened. They instantly got roasted, basically got warned against the tampering fine because they did it in, like, peak Lakers form, like, before, I think, free agency actually started. Um, And, like, you know, while he was still, like, in, or at least in the moratorium, like, I remember the league had to warn them to, like, take that tweet down and everything. But just instantly memeable moment. So weird and so, like... Like that that moment almost encapsulates that whole Lakers rebuilding era where they just like they hadn't figured out yet that you just you need to assemble some assets and become a real mm-hmm. team like it can't just be about star power and about like engagement and whatever like so uh yeah I will I will never forget it. I don't know if that's breaking the rules of this contest but
0: No no this is a, this is incredible. Yeah. <laughs> it is some intersection of the Lakers with pop culture. It totally like you said exemplifies how ridiculous their off seasons were to that point that they thought for some reason that Adam Levine was going to be the key to scary. <laughs> I suppose it's no weirder than like the Suns signing Tyson Chandler to get Lamar
1: Suljic. Yeah, well, the lasting true,
0: consequences, right?
1: Yeah, the Suns at least did the more act- actively, it's uh, like in an upset, the Suns like somehow did the more actively detrimental thing at that time. <laughs> like despite like that getting the Lakers roasted online, at least it did not destroy their cap. They didn't actually sign Adam Levine. So, you know, kudos to them. Although it did lead to them hilariously having to have a second meeting with Aldridge to talk about basketball and allow everyone (laughs) to save a little bit of face.
0: Yep, because there was just so much glitz in the first part of their presentation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, which like I just imagine that second meeting is like like Mitch Kupchak and Jim Buss bringing like like Ralph's like catering or something (laughs) to like a room with a projector and just talking about like pick and rolls. Like I don't I've genuinely had to get
0: involved with the second meeting. I think he did. Did who? Did Kobe have to get involved with the second meeting? I thought he did. No,
1: I don't think so. But you might be right. I don't remember for sure.
0: Because Kobe would definitely just have, like, the, the projector and the slides. My only,
1: <laughs> the only Kobe recruiting story that I remember is just, like, his horrific recruiting of Dwight. Like, just walking uh, in, yes. like, they all said, like, we're going to show up, like, basically, like, you know, black tie, whatever, treat it like a business meeting. I think Kobe showed up in, like, a t-shirt and, like, shorts with, like, you know, like a chain and sunglasses on. And then <laughs> proceeded to tell Dwight that he was going to teach him how to win if he re-signed and was willing to sacrifice.
0: Just just a delight. I mean, how could yeah, you say no cool. to that pitch? I don't no, know. No, I
1: mean, yeah, like Dwight's clearly a coward.
0: Clearly. <laughs> okay. Was. Well, um, my my last one that I thought of was uh, the the Aaron Carter song, that's how I beat Shaq. Oh my god. <laughs> um, so I, I hadn't listened to this song in some time until today, and then I listened to it quite a bit. Um I love how much Shaq was willing to like let himself be you know, roasted. I remember, uh, it always, I always make the natural comparison between Shaq and Dwight just cause it happens, right? Like, you know, magic Lakers, big centers. Um, and everyone used to get on Dwight's case. Cause like during the dunk contest, like he let Nate Robinson dunk over him and like, he's always willing to like let himself be the butt of the joke. But I feel like Shaq had that same you know mentality too. And like, he's, he's letting Aaron Carter give him the business in this music video, which admittedly turns out to be a dream. It's not actually Aaron Carter doing that.
1: But, yeah, he was willing to, like, he was willing to subject himself to some physical comedy for the bit yes. like, yeah.
0: It's so good, and, like, this this pickup game that they're playing is so silly, because there's, for some reason, it's one-on-one, like, on a park, but there's also, like, a shot clock, and when Aaron Carter, like, he says, like, oh, there's only one second left, like, why, why is there time left in a one-on-one that you're playing against Shaq?
1: This is how rich people play one-on-one. <laughs> this now. is how rich like,
0: people play one-on-one. They, they bring their
1: own shot clock and scorekeeper to the park. <laughs>
0: Oh man, it's, it's so good. And him, him dunking on Shaq, like the chorus, you know, I put it in the hoop, like slam. It's, it's amazing. It's such a good song. It's,
1: it's so peak, like late nineties, early two thousands, oh. like pop culture. Like, it, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I remember this music video. Well, it is one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen.
0: But, yeah. Like you said, it it's very of the time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh my God, just going back through it and like watching this Ridiculous set of fans who are also watching them play one on one because you have to heighten it somehow. (laughs) And him just like telling the story to his friends who don't believe it. And then he wakes up at the end and his mom's like, "Uh, Did you hit your head?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a valid question if you're like five foot three son that's claiming that he beat Shaq in one on one at the park.
0: It's really good. And like, I love how all of the like side conversation even rhymes with the rest of the lyrics. Like, it's a very well put together song. I just had so much fun going back and watching You might it, be I the remember. first
1: person to ever describe that song as well put together. But.
0: <laughs> I mean, Shaq commits to the bit, man.
1: Yeah. He looks no. good.
0: He's like in really good shape in this part of his career.
1: Yeah, like one of the last times. probably He probably got in shape for that music video. For the video. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then like let it lapse for the season and was like, I'll play my way back in.
0: Let it never be said that Shaq did not commit to his art. True. He wanted to, you know, if Aaron Carter was going to beat him, it was going to be like full peak performance Shaq. Yeah. yeah. I feel like we should link to all these things in the bio.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Or like at least in the pod post or something. Yeah. We'll, we'll throw links to as much of this stuff as we can find. Um, I did have two honorable mentions that I just really quickly want to mention. All right. What do Um, you got? Ron Artest's champion song that dropping basically right after (laughs) game Seven. like recording a song about winning a championship, like months before you've won a championship is amazing. Um, The original Jason Terry. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, he, he didn't get a tattoo. He just dropped a track, like, which is arguably track. great. Um, beca- and uh, so that, that was great. Um, and then the Sasha Vujicic sports science segment where, like, they try, like, increasingly hilarious links to distract him and then eventually put him in gigantic shack stilts and shack hands. And, like, the whole time he doesn't make a joke. He's just, like, deadpan, like, you know, taking it super seriously. It was very Sasha. And uh, I will always appreciate that video.
0: I have no recollection of what you're talking about.
1: Okay. You need to look this one up. We're going to find all these and throw them.
0: Yeah.
1: We're going to find all these and we're going to throw them in the pot or as many of these as exist on the internet and throw them in the pod post.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to see Luke Walton's acting debut. uh, (laughs) Some more Sasha stuff. This is, this is all very good content.
1: Yeah. I mean, we just, I think we just found the answer to our off season, you know, our all star break content problems, like one day too late. (laughs)
0: hey for the Lakers it's still the all-star break so it counts all right well Harrison this was uh this was really fun (laughs) um I know last time you uh promoted your your podcast rewind and reconsider while you're on here any new episodes of that one
1: no, uh, because the star going through the Star Wars series almost destroyed my relationship. Just uh, <laughs> having to try and watch all of those movies and podcast about them in like the span of a month. We are planning to record a new episode soon, but uh, no new episode since then. Although, if you're looking to just go through the whole Star Wars series again, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, um, and I we really got pretty nerdy with it and just broke down all the movies and uh, all like the behind the scenes stuff that led to certain things and whatever. It was a lot of fun to put together.
0: Well, maybe if you're, you know, trying to save your relationship, you can go through all these fun Laker pop culture moments. <laughs> yeah, <do> think?
1: <laughs> I think I, I honestly think that this might be the one podcast of mine that Mia would be willing to listen to.
0: Yeah, well, I know she's a fan of mine, so <laughs>
1: it's true. She likes your writing more than mine. So,
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I didn't mean to end on a note of making fun of you, but just, it no, just that's okay. At not least not I didn't call you bizarre a this time, here. Or <laughs> All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Harrison. And thanks everyone for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Silver Screen Roll podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts and have a nice weekend.